0: everyone, and welcome back to The Watchdog's Bark. My name is Drew, I am your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. This is episode 61. Oh boy, are we going to have fun in episode 61. See, I'm starting over again, so I have things I can rhyme with until I get to another thing I can't rhyme with. All right, in this podcast, the title is The Hippocratic Oath, Hypocrisy. And social media algorithms. I know that sounds like a whole bunch of confused information, but it's all connected. And I think you'll understand what I mean when you listen to the rest of this podcast. Then I listened to an excellent video by Tucker Carlson, where he basically tells everyone that we are now, and this is hard to believe, but this is actually true, we are now living in a time where lying is rewarded, and telling the truth is not only looked down upon, but punishable. And as I said in my last podcast, by the way, I did get some great comments about my last podcast, some good, some bad, all welcome. So thank you very much for commenting and and telling me what you really feel. But like I talked about in my last podcast, the moral decay of the USA, The Marxists and leftists in this country want to tear down those things that provide stability and strength. Do you want proof of this? Look at what the left and government shut down during the pandemic. What was it that they thought that you didn't need, but things that you did need, they decided to leave open? And I'll go into that in really good detail, and I think you'll definitely understand It'll become very, very clear what those that want power don't want you to have in your life. Because remember, the biggest thing they want to take away from us is our dignity and self-respect. They don't want us to have standards or morals. Anything that will provide strength, comfort, and direction in our lives, they want to ban And the last thing I'll talk about before I just talk about, you know, main events and stuff, but there's a reason why we have so much unrest and insanity in our world right now. That is because there are not enough people standing up and saying, no, no more. We're not going to allow it. They're starting to. You're starting to see little flickers of light around the world. Some of the people being elected in other countries some of the people finally starting to stand up in our country, there's, there's a little like sliver of hope. And I hope this is the fire that we throw kindling on and just starts raging to stop this insanity, because it truly is insanity. And then I'll, I'll talk about some other things. I know like Derek Chauvin was stabbed in prison and, and uh, you know other things that are happening around our country. So I'll get to all that. But those are the main points I'm going to talk about today. For those of you who don't know what the Hippocratic Oath is, this is an oath every doctor takes before they become a MD. The oldest part or fragments of this originally written Hippocratic Oath date all the way back to 275 AD. And in the 10th and 11th century, there was a uh, version that was translated completely, and that version is actually held in the Vatican Library. But the commonly cited version we have today uh, came from 1595, and it's in coin Greek with a Latin translation. So I'm going to read you the entire text of the Hippocratic Oath, and then break it down step by step what it means. And I think you'll understand how important this is in everyday life, not just for medical professionals. Okay, the Hippocratic Oath goes like this. I swear by Apollo Healer, by Aslepius, by Hygieia, and by Panacea, and by all the gods and goddesses making them my witness, that I will carry out, according to my ability and judgment, this oath, and thus indenture. To hold my teacher in this art equal to my own parents, to make him partner in my livelihood, that he is in need of money to share mine with him. To consider his family as my own brothers, and to teach them art, if they want to learn it, without fee or indenture, to impart precept, oral instruction, and all other instruction to my own sons, the sons of my teacher, and to indentured pupils who have taken the healer's oath, but to nobody else. I will use those dietary regimens which will benefit my patients according to my greatest ability and judgment and I will do no harm or injustice to them. Neither will I administer a poison to anybody when asked to do so, nor will I suggest such a course. Similarly, I will not give to a woman a pessary to cause abortion. But I will keep pure and holy both my life and my art. I will not use the knife, not even verily on sufferers from stone. But I will give place to such as are craftsmen therein. Into whatsoever house I enter, I will enter to help the sick, and I will abstain from all intentional wrongdoing and harm, especially from abusing the bodies of man and woman, bond or free. And whatsoever I shall see or hear in the course of my profession, as well as outside my profession in my intercourse with men, It is to be what should not be published abroad. I will never divulge holding such things to be holy secrets. Now, if I carry out this oath and break it not, may I gain forever reputation among all men for my life and for my art. But if I break it and forswear myself, may the opposite befall me. Okay, so I know that's really uh, not easy to understand. But let me break it down to you step by step. The first, when he was talking about how he will honor his teachers, that's basically respect and support his teachers. If they need help, he provides it. You know, that's basically what the Hippocratic Oath starts with. Then you are willing to share your medical knowledge with others who are interested and to use your knowledge of medicine and diet to help patients. That's the most important thing. Uh, I'll I'll cover a little bit more in detail uh, uh, later on about that. All right. Then avoid harming patients, including providing no poisons to them, even if you're requested to do so. All right. Not provide a remedy that causes an abortion. Now, in full disclosure, there are other texts that talk about procedures that result in an abortion and also even euthanasia. You know, but the Hippocratic Oath says you should do everything you can to preserve human life, all right? Then to seek help from other physicians, such as a surgeon, when necessary. Okay, so regular doctors should not do the cutting themselves. They should refer to the specialists or the surgeons who have the skills to do that also avoid mischief and injustice and sexual relations during visits with your patients in their homes, especially, and the patient-doctor confidentiality. That's what the last part was about. Keep the patient information confidential. So all doctors agree to do this. And I find it really interesting that one of the main things in there was not provide a poison or medicine or remedy that would result in an abortion. See, I believe that ancient doctors and philosophers and uh, Hippocrates and, and Pythagoras, they really thought it was important to preserve and protect human life. Sadly, we don't have that same priority in medicine today. I think there are doctors out there that are doing everything they can to preserve human life and respect their patients and avoid doing harm, which is the first of the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm. But there are other doctors out there that I know, know they're doing harm. And my friends, that is where hypocrisy comes from. When someone knows that they're telling a lie or knows that they're living a life that's not theirs or knows that they're giving an improper diagnosis. They are being Hippocratic. Weird, huh? Think about that one just for a second. Another thing that's really interesting to point out, and Plato actually said this about Hippocrates, that he was basically the first to separate medicine from philosophy. See. In ancient times, philosophers and doctors, medical doctors, all ran in the same circles and came to a lot of the same conclusions and thought that they should work together. And it was Hippocrates that was the first to separate medicine from philosophy. Also, Hippocrates was the first medical doctor, okay, or or person practicing medicine that believed in the importance of diet and exercise. So when he was talking about entering people's homes and helping the sick, and abstaining from any intentional wrongdoing, especially from abusing the bodies of man and woman, bond and free, that is basically saying that they they should teach them not to abuse their bodies, to take care of their bodies through diet and exercise. That is so important and going a little further i believe that what hippocrates was talking about when he was saying this that the first thing you should consider is a natural cure for what is ailing these men or women you are treating and not to administer drugs or a poison first so i think that's so important i think it's we've gone away from that and i know there's wonderful doctors out there that also look at nutrition and exercise, and kinesiology, and all these things that are all about the full human body, and keeping it healthy all the time. But there are too many doctors, and now the medical profession is way too closely tied to the drug industry, to big pharma. And many doctors are paid money to proscribe medicine from these drug companies. They actually come in and give them financial incentive to diagnose patients a certain way so that they can use these drugs. So I believe that there are many misdiagnoses, And like I said, there are good doctors out there. I know there are. And I praise you for what you're doing. You are wonderful human beings. You are saving lives. You are making lives way more comfortable and much more fulfilling for many, many millions of people. But there are doctors out there, I believe, that are abusing this and are only in it for the money and will accept the bribes, if you will, from big pharma to diagnose things that shouldn't be diagnosed that way, but they do for medical gain or for for financial gain. And why I believe so many doctors now, especially those afflicted with the God complex, remember that in a couple episodes ago, the God complex, not just for surgeons anymore. But the doctors that take this oath have either forgotten it or are completely disregarding it. And so I believe that would make them hypocrites to the Hippocratic oath that they have taken. Remember in that it talked about that you will administer no poison knowingly. I believe doctors know that puberty blockers and hormones are bad for people not suffering from the illnesses that they were originally designed to be. Like if someone's having premature puberty to block the puberty for a year or something, that was the real reason why it was created. But it wasn't used for people that just were wondering what sex they were. (laughs) It just doesn't, it's not used for that. And then Hormones, if taken in excess especially, can cause irreparable harm. So these doctors that are administering puberty blockers and hormones to children are purposefully doing harm, in my opinion. I believe they are breaking their Hippocratic Oath and are not honoring their Hippocratic Oath, but honestly becoming hypocrites they agree to do no harm but they'll subscribe puberty blockers and hormones to a child that they know may not be suffering from gender dysphoria this child may just be having depression or suffering abuse at home or witness some kind of trauma or experience some kind of trauma and they're trying to figure that out and they're trying to self-diagnose via social media. Ah, see, there's the tie-in. Social media algorithms are poisoning children and a lot of adults, too. If you haven't seen the movie, go see the movie The Social Dilemma. It'll explain very clearly the algorithms that are created by social media to purposefully keep you in an echo chamber. Their algorithms, depending on what you click and don't click and like and don't like and comment on, they will start designing your news feed to only feed you more stories that you're going to agree with. So it will lull people into a false sense of security where they actually believe that the entire world believes the same as they do because that's all they're seeing on social media. Their social media newsfeed all is agreeable to what they believe. And they love that post this and post that. And oh, my gosh, I agree with that. And I agree with that. And oh, this is so re- revelatory. You know, this is so amazing. I, I'm so glad other people believe the same thing I do. And it'll keep adding and modifying that algorithm to such a point where they will no longer be able to understand that anyone believes differently. Because one-third of children, or I'm just going to say young people under 30, one-third of people under 30 get their news from social media, from TikTok, from Instagram, from Facebook, from X. That's where they get their news. They don't watch the news, and hardly anybody watches the, the evening news anymore, especially you know, the, the elderly, the people that are like 60 and over still will watch some of their local news stations, but nobody else does. It's, they're starting to completely rely getting their news from social media. That's where kids are spending all their time. And like I said, they're spending hours and hours flipping through these mindless, mind numbing videos. And then they get these ideas in their head that... Palestine are really the victims here. It's Hamas. Hamas is just doing the what they what they are trying to do to the Israelites cuz Israelites have been occupiers their whole life. They've stolen land. That's what they're told on social media. And remember I talked in la- last podcast about the insanity that millions of people viewed videos that actually praised Osama bin Laden after the 9/11 attacks and justified what he did. America is so evil and such horrible tyrants and occupiers worldwide, they deserved that attack. Why is this happening? Because the social media algorithms are creating it. Now let's go back to the Hippocratic Oath. What if all of us had to take a Hippocratic Oath before we started any occupation? What if we agreed to do no harm and actually lived up to that, all of this would go away. What if parents had to take a Hippocratic Oath before they raised children? Do no harm. If parents were tied to an oath where they could do no harm to their children, do you think parents would pass on their prejudices? Do you think parents would teach their children to hate? If they really understood how harmful that hatred and bias is to a child, do you think they would do it knowing that they swore an oath to not do it? I think that it would definitely reduce it. But I think so many people are so uneducated about certain things, about child rearing and human sexuality and all these different things that so many people don't know enough about that they should not be stating their opinions. And those uneducated, ill-informed opinions are all over social media, all over. Also, sadly, there are many people that don't understand the difference between Hippocratic Oath and hypocrisy. They said because they're spelled all the same, it's just kind of a, a derivative of the same word, right? Hypocrisy and Hippocratic Oath. And by taking the Hippocratic Oath, you're supposed to be hip, uh, Hippocratic. And you're supposed to be, it's just, people don't understand this. Why? Social media creates algorithms where they can't understand the truth about many things. This, I believe, as Yuri Bezmanov said, this multi-generational plan to demoralize, desensitize, and destroy the United States from within has been exacerbated by social media. We used to be able to get, we used to get our news from like nightly news. That was one night, you know, one half hour, one full hour, if you included sports and weather, all of that once a night. And then we read the newspapers occasionally. You know, we read the newspapers uh, on the Sunday edition, for sure, for for all the big stories. But every day we read, you know, small headlines and stuff to get going in the morning. Now there's a 24-7 news cycle. And I thought, okay, that's insane right there. When that happened, when, when all these cable news channels were created, I thought, well, now it's insane because now news has to be constantly brought up. Now they have to fill those 24 hours with news. But now it's even worse because of social media. We live in an age now where information is disseminated in a second worldwide. Instantly, we can see live videos of atrocities happening. But the problem is now we have AI that can deepfake. So it's going to come a time. Not too, in, too far in the future, I believe, where we're not going to know what's true and what's not at all. And there'll be all these videos passed out that everyone will believe without even thinking because they've been trained to, to think this way. They've been brainwashed and demoralized. And it, if it's revealed to be a complete deep fake, it won't matter because we live in an age where people cannot tell the truth anymore. And like Tucker Carlson said, we are now living in a time where lying is rewarded if it's the right lie and telling the truth if harmful to individuals or groups or parties is punishable. Think about that. We are now living in a time where lying is rewarded and telling the truth is looked down upon. Evil has risen to a level I didn't think I'd ever see it. Now, fortunately for us, the pandemic revealed a lot of things that I know the Marxists didn't think it would and don't understand how it's revealed what their real plan is. The reason why is we know what happened. Well, number one, the one thing that happened during the pandemic is parents got to hear what their children were being taught in schools when they were doing remote learning and children were sitting at their kitchen tables looking at a computer screen and listening to the teacher, who didn't take into consideration that now they're in the homes of all of the children they're teaching. Either that or they were so naive and brainwashed, they think that everyone would be completely fine with what they were teaching. They didn't understand that parents were now walking by, listening to their children being taught critical race theory and gender theory, and taught to hate themselves if they're white and uh, not even try if they're black and that boys can be girls and girls can be boys, all these parents started realizing what on earth are they teaching my child? And then the parents started showing up at these school board meetings, and that is why Attorney General Merrick Garland labeled these parents domestic terrorists and went after them. And I told you, I think, I, I don't. if you don't remember, um, Merrick Garland's son-in-law is... The co founder of the education curriculum that is taught in almost all of the public schools. And that curriculum includes CRT and gender theory. The other thing that was revealed during the pandemic is what the government thought that you could live without and what you couldn't. What was important to them, not to you, and what would basically weaken you the most. Think about this. During the pandemic, churches were closed. But weed dispensaries stayed open. Gyms were closed. But strip clubs were allowed to stay open. Massive protests were allowed. Hundreds of thousands even in the streets but family gatherings of more than 10 were not allowed. Think about that. Look at what is allowed and what is not, and you will see what the elites were trying to do during the pandemic. And I know I've told you before, but many of the elites saw the pandemic as a wonderful opportunity to bring about the great reset in the world. Uh, As a matter of fact, Listen to our good friend, the quintessential Bond villain, Klaus Schwab, talk about how the pandemic presented this amazing opportunity to bring about the fourth industrial resolution. Don't you know? <laughs> Don't you know? Yes, Klaus Schwab was recently spotted in Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, Uh, sometimes when I mix accents, I crack myself up. Okay, (laughs) listen to what Klaus Schwab really said.
1: We have now a window of opportunity to create this global reset which we all need. This global reset is necessary because we have seen that our policies which we pursued before the coronavirus struck us, that those policies do not create the necessary inclusion of society necessary for harmonious societal development. And they do not create the sustainability of what we are doing. Just think of the global warming technologies of the fourth industrial revolution. I'm thinking here of artificial intelligence, I'm thinking of the internet of things, of the new capabilities we have with genetic engineering. Those technologies have been very much advanced by the pandemic. We know that many of the world's problems can only be solved if we apply new technologies. And I'm happy to see China putting high importance on developing its fourth industrial revolution capabilities. We have a great opportunity at this moment like we had after World War II, to have in some way a new beginning in our global cooperation, in globalization, in managing our global affairs.
0: Okay, let me break down to you what he said in this. I know it was very long, but there's a lot to break out. First, it, it, <laughs> I'm going to do the accent again. It, it is the necessary inclusion necessary for harmonious societal development. (laughs) In other words, they want CRT, Gen, and Gender Theory taught to everyone. Also note that he mentioned global order, global opportunities, and global revolution. And take special note that he praised China for working very quickly to take advantage of this fourth industrial revolution. In other words, his true desire are are to have a surveillance state and communism worldwide, where he and a small but very powerful group of individuals have the control and decide what all of us peons will be allowed to rent. Remember, no ownership in the future. And what we'll be allowed to eat and what cars we may drive, if any and what energy source we would be allowed to use for sustainability and security. If you remember in another video of his I played for you, he said that people in the future will no longer care about their personal privacy because everyone will just accept that they will be under surveillance wherever they go for the sake of security, safety, and equity. Also, he mentioned in this other video... Fashion will not be a thing in the future because everyone will be wearing uniforms. You see, the radical Marxists of the world do not have to even hide what their real plans are anymore because so many people around the world are so brainwashed, they don't even see what these radical idiots are trying to do. Do you think any of these radical idiots would take a Hippocratic Oath? I don't think so. Because all they care about is their power, their control, and their money, period. Okay, just to take a quick break, I want to tell you again about the amazing product called Life Pack by New Skin. I love this multivitamin. It's bioavailable to your body. It's, it absorbs better than any other vitamin that you'll ever take. And I take it every morning and, not, and night, and it just gives me that extra energy uh, that I need. Every day, so definitely check out New Skins. It was actually PharmaNex was the name of the company when New Skin bought them. So I don't know if it's still PharmaNex, but it might be. If you might have to look under that, say PharmaNex Life Pack, and I love the Life Pack Nano because it's got that nanotechnology that makes it even more bioavailable. If you want to check out this product or any other products I talk about on this show, check out my website at twd bark. Dot my new skin, and remember, new skin is N U S K I N, T W D Bark dot, my new skin dot com. And again, if you agree or disagree with anything I say in my podcasts, I welcome all comments. Don't hesitate even for a second to write me, Drew at the watchdogs And yes, that will go directly into my personal email box. So I will see it immediately. And some I will be able to respond back to, or I may mention it on my podcast. Now, I will never, ever mention your name. I respect everyone's privacy, unlike Klaus Schwab. (laughs) I respect everyone's privacy, and I will only use your name on the podcast if you give me permission to. So... Once again, write me, drew at thewatchdogsbark.com. Okay, now moving on. The reason why we have so much unrest and insanity in the world right now is because there's not enough strong people standing up and saying no. We need more people with the courage to stand up at town halls, at school board meetings, online, and on your representatives' phone lines. We need more people to say, no, I won't take your vaccine. No, I won't admit that gender is a social construct. No, I won't admit that trans women are women and should be allowed to compete against natural born women. No, I do not think you are doing what's best for my child when you teach them CRT or gender theory. No, I won't admit the 2020 election was fair and secure. No. I know masks do not work, and I will not wear them again. No, I will not allow you to build a smart city in my town. No, I will not accept CBDCs as the only acceptable form of currency. Ever. No, I do not think Joe Biden is really running things. No. I do not believe globalist organizations like the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, and the United Nations are good organizations, or that they are doing what they think is best for us. I believe the opposite is true of those organizations. No, I do not believe Donald Trump deserves this kind of treatment from the media and Democrats. No, I do not believe Letitia James and Jack Smith are doing the right thing. No. I do not believe Judge Arthur Engeron is fit or fair to be an honest justice and is instead a sick, radical Marxist communist that hates Donald Trump and his supporters so much he is willing to subvert actual justice and instead use his power to influence this election by trying to prevent Trump from being able to run and trying to take away his business in New York City. No, I do not believe that climate change will destroy the planet or every human living on it unless we all switch to renewables. No, I do not believe the science is settled on anything. My friends, we have to start standing up and saying no more. Because I promise you, if larger and larger groups of people start standing up and saying no against the insanity that is rising, it will stop because Marxists and communists will continue their march towards communism as long as they're not opposed. Once they start getting opposed and once their power is in jeopardy, they will back off. And that's what we need to do. We need to create so much discomfort for them by not allowing them to teach things in our schools without absolute protest constantly on those teachers and the administrators that are pushing this curriculum. We need to show up at town halls and create such a ruckus. The radicals that are trying to create these new laws for our security and safety and for the the best of the planet and for the collective good that's the communist favorite phrase for the collective good for the gooder for the greater good that's what they're doing it's all for the greater good if we don't stop or if we don't stand up and start saying no it will continue nonstop until we look back and wish we would have that actually is the perfect transition for commenting on what's going on in the middle east I'm very happy about this pause in the fighting that allows hostage exchange. It's not fair. It never really is for the Western countries. I don't know why Democrats, especially, insist on having such lopsided exchanges. For those of you who don't know, Israel has agreed to release 150 prisoners that they are holding in Israel for atrocities that they committed. You see, Israel didn't just kidnap people to hold them hostage. These people are prisoners for doing heinous things in Israel. But Israel has agreed to release 150 in exchange for 50 hostages that Hamas is holding. Now there's been three days where about 13 or 14 a day have been released, and I cannot help but notice how many children were kidnapped. Do you know what kind of black heart and lack of a soul it takes for people to kidnap children and hold them hostage in underground prisons? That is a person who has no soul. And what do you expect? Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis, they worship death they don't respect life they respect death they teach their children from very young age that the most honorable way for them to die is by suicide and taking out as many westerners or israelites as they can think about how we try and find any kind of middle ground with people that actually believe Death is important in their life, and they should try to die in a worthy cause. They should try to blow up a suicide vest in a market and take out hundreds of Israelis if they can. They should try and figure out how to fly airplanes into the World Trade Center towers and kill 2,977 Americans not only Americans but people from all over the country but they did that because they were taught by their parents by their religious leaders and by society that they were raised in that that's what they should achieve in their life that should that, that is what that is a goal they should set in their life to be someone that destroys people they disagree with not like destroy online or destroy financially, I mean destroy, as in take their lives. Also, it's important to note here that Israel has offered a way to extend the four-day pause. For every 10 other hostages that Hamas releases, Israel will give them another day of peace, or at least a pause in the wars. So it's up to Hamas to decide how long they want this to last. But also, I'm, de- I'm definitely concerned, because I can guess what Hamas is using this pause for. I can pretty much guarantee you that they are moving things underground so that these weapons and control centers are in different places, because Israel probably knows where they are right now. They're moving prisoners around. They're bringing in more weapons so they can continue to slaughter. Israelis. Now, I want to talk really quickly to my Palestinian friends. I want to ask you a serious question. Let's say the pressure was too much, that Israel decided to give up and leave the land of Israel. What would happen if Palestine had total control of that land and Israel, all the Israelis moved to other parts of the world? What would happen? Would everything be okay? Would you have peace in the Middle East? Would you stop doing terrorist attacks on Western countries? No. What you need to understand is the people that are calling for death to Israel and death to America, they mean it. But they also mean death to Western civilizations that have a monicum of freedom. They hate countries that have freedom. Because they can't have them in their countries. Because they have religious mullahs that control their governments. And they use their radical, ideological beliefs to convince people that the entire world needs to be Muslim. The entire world needs to be Muslim. It's in in their Quran. It says, all infidels, and we talked about what an infidel is. That's anyone that doesn't believe in the Muslim faith. All infidels should be converted or killed. So again, if Israel, if all the Jews in Israel decide, okay, we, we can't we for the for the sake of world peace, we will leave the land of Israel and let you occupy that land which our ancestors have uh, have owned for four thousand years, almost four thousand years. But in the, in the name of world peace. We're going to leave the land and allow you to have it. That wouldn't be the end. Then terrorists would start attacking all the countries in Europe and the United States. They would not stop until the entire world was either converted or killed. So, all the people out there protesting for Palestine and calling Israel occupiers and that they stole the land and that they're committing atrocities against Palestinians in Gaza. You need to understand, your protests are in vain. There is no way, no how, Israel will give up that land. Because they know, as the rest of us in the world know, that no history, these terrorists will never stop. Because they can't. Their religious, zealot leaders... Tell them they cannot stop until the world is converted or killed. Period. So I'm, I'm asking all of my Palestinian friends, I love you, I support you know, your protests, I guess, I, and I, I understand why you're protesting because you are being told by your leaders that Israel are the aggressors, that Israel are the evil, people that are killing all these Palestinians. But they're not telling you that the terrorist organizations are purposefully hiding behind civilians, purposefully putting their headquarters and large armament store storage places under hospitals, under schools, because they think that will cause Israel to take pause and not do it because they realize Israel values human life. Israel wants to try everything they can to prevent civilian casualties. But when your enemy uses civilians as shields, that changes the game. So, my Palestinian friends, you need to start standing up. You need to start saying, no, we don't agree with what terrorists that happen to share our nationality are doing, and we want it to stop. We support Israel because we know that's been Israel, that land has been named Israel for almost 4,000 years, and we really do want to live in peace with Israel, and we look as an example to the country of Israel itself. How many millions of Palestinians are living in peace inside of Israel? That's where you should look as an example of what could be in the land of Israel. Both the League of Nations and UN offered a two state solution, and Palestine rejected both of them. Palestine doesn't want peace in the Middle East. They want to control the Middle East. And they want, just like their chant says, from the river to the sea. Palestine will be free. They want Israel gone. They want that land to be Palestine. They want Israel's, all Israelis, killed or forcefully removed from that land. But like I said again, and I will say it again and again and again, that will not satiate those who are intent on world destruction or domination. Think about that. All right, there's one thing that happened that was really, really good news. Uh, Argentina's new president-elect, Javier Malay, okay? That's a, that's a really big win for Argentinians. Do you guys know that Argentina, or Argentina has 140% inflation? The previous Marxist governments have ran that country into the ground. The same thing happened in Venezuela. Venezuela used to be one of the, oil, the richest oil-producing countries in the world. And now people are fleeing in by the thousands to get out from under the tyrannical government in Venezuela. So, but what happened really recently, after President-elect Javier Malay uh, was you know, elected by the people in Argentina, he recently met— with the Sound of Freedom producer, Eduardo Verestegui. I hope I pronounced his name right. Uh, They just signed an agreement to destroy all human trafficking operations in Argentina. Gosh, I really wish they would do the same thing in this country. I really wish we would sign an agreement to destroy all people who are exploiting and sexually abusing children as my mother and i have always said there's a special place in hell for the people that abuse children that way so this is a really really big awesome move i think uh, javier malay is going to do wonderful things for the country of argentina so definitely support him all my friends in argentina and definitely do everything you can to Keep this man in power until you can get your country turned back around. All right, and as I always like to do, I want to end on a positive note. I know I've had some very serious stuff and a little bit of fun, you know, and positive stuff with the uh, president-elect Javier Malay in Argentina, but I always want to end on a very positive note. All right, I came across this video. It's uh, the name of the person that did the video is Muniba Mazar. She's a motivational speaker, and when someone is sitting on a stage. Among thousands of people, I pay attention. And she is in a wheelchair, but she would not say, you call her disabled, you call her differently abled. And that's basically the gist of her motivational speech is words can either damage or enhance or uplift. And we need to choose our words carefully. Listen to this
2: words many people speak before they think but i know the value of words the words can make you break you they can heal your soul they can damage you forever so i always try to use the positive words in my life wherever i go they call it adversity i call it opportunity they call it weakness i call it strength they call me disabled i call myself differently abled they see my disability they see my disability I see my ability there are some incidents that happen in your life and those incidents are so strong that they change your DNA those incidents or accidents are so strong that they break you physically they deform your body but they transform your soul
0: I love this little short video so much just because what she said was so powerful. Be careful of the words you choose, especially the words you choose to judge yourself by. The negative self-talk is, can stop anyone from progressing. And you need to get past that and find the words that work in your favor. Instead of an obstacle, a challenge. Instead of a problem, a puzzle, you know, you need, there's so many different things you can do to use words that mean the same thing, but have a positive connotation rather than a negative connotation. That is so important. Feed yourself positive words. Use positive words to describe others in your life. Use positive words to describe your circumstances use positive words to describe the weather. (laughs) You know, instead of miserable, it's miserable and rainy outside. It's like, oh my gosh, I love the rain. It's glorious and rainy outside. I love the moisture. I love the smell of rain. You need to find positive ways of looking at everything. If you do that, I promise you, your life will change for the better just like Muniba Mazar said. And with that, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. If you agree or disagree with anything, please write me. Don't don't even think twice about it. Just write me. Drew at thewatchdogsbark.com. And again, if it's something I really like, even if it's something that just tears me apart, if it's really good, and I can go research and find out, okay, you're right. I'll admit it. I will absolutely. I'm not afraid to admit I'm wrong. I'm, I'm wrong on many things. The problem is the people that will never admit they're wrong. <laughs> they're, they're hard nuts to crack, but I will admit if I'm wrong, and I'll also read your email on my podcast. And again, I will never use your name unless you give me permission to do so. All right. And until next time, create an amazing day and help me relay the bar.